0: Getting back to the Bible study from the book of Romans that we were on, uh, chapter 11. This is written by Paul to primarily Gentiles, according to my study Bible. And it was written in AD 57. So, about what, 27 years after Jesus had been crucified. And Paul is talking to most of the Gentiles mostly a Gentile audience. So before we read this, I pray to God that you bring to mind anything that you want us to think about, to contemplate on, to meditate, and that you reach whoever listens to this in a special way that has something meaningful in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. This is entitled, The Remnant of Israel. So this is um we'll get started chapter 11 I ask then did god reject his people by no means i am an israelite myself a descendant of abraham from the tribe of benjamin god did not reject his people whom he foreknew don't you know what scripture says in the passage about elijah how he appealed to god against israel Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed, down, bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were grace, grace would no lo- if it were, grace would no longer be grace. What then, what the people of Israel sought so earnestly, they did not attain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened, as it was written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear to this very day. And David says, May their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. I'm going to stop right there. In, throughout scripture in the Old Testament, we know, we learned that the Israelites were God's chosen people. So God decided they were his chosen people. And I don't know that we really, it was just something that was stated that God chose the Israelites. And that was his chosen people. But right here in this uh, book that Paul wrote when he was talking to the Gentiles, he said the whole reason I mean, I'll read this sentence again because if it weren't for the Israelites not accepting God or, or not turning towards God, God apparently wouldn't have maybe opened it up to the Gentiles. But everyone who is not Jewish is a Gentile. So here's what it says. Again, I ask, did they stumble so far as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. So Israel is going to see that the Gentiles are saved. It's not just the, Isra- the Israelites who are saved. And it's not by works either. So all of the religious traditions are not what God was after. God was after a a love, a love back from them. He loved the Israelites and he loves all people and he is looking for people who love him back. People show that they love God by being obedient to his commands and by responding to his commands. That's that's how God knows who loves him. Uh that's how we show God who that we love him. So getting back and it says that he, you know, allowed or brought salvation to the gentiles to make the to make Israel envious. So he's doing all sorts of things to kind of get Israel's attention. And I still think that's what's happening today too. God wants the attention of people and who have turned from him who do not seem to think that God's all that important. They don't acknowledge God, I say they, we you know there's a lot of people, all of us you know there's times where we just get so busy with our lives that we don't think about God. we ignore God, we don't even it's kind of like when you're healthy and you don't take for granted being healthy until you get sick, and then when you get sick, you realize, gosh, it was so nice when I was completely healthy when you're when you're in the midst of being sick, but you forget what it feels like being sick when you're healthy. And that's the same thing with God, that when we're healthy and life's going good and everything's going great, a lot of times people forget God or they just keep going on and they're, you know, God is just aside, side, something on the side. It's not something that, it's not a relationship that we prioritize. And that's what is very clear throughout the Bible God wants us to prioritize our relationship with Him. Getting back to Scripture. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? So again, Paul's saying the that Israel is going to the they'll probably have something even more so than all the Gentiles because They are the chosen ones of God. But we're just, those who are not Israelites, are just lucky that we were included, that we had that opportunity, that God gave that opportunity to us so that we could have salvation. I am talking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry. In the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from dead? If the part of the dough offered as first, first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have fallen, have broken off, And you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, if you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness otherwise you will also be cut off and if they do not and if they do not persist in unbelief they will be grafted in for god is able to graft them in again after all if you were cut off of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree. So this is just about how the Gentiles, all who are not Israelites, how everyone was grafted in, brought into the olive tree. The olive tree is symbolic of the Israelites. And As And we were branches, and some of them were broken off because, it says here, of unbelief, because they didn't believe. So their branches were broken off, and that allowed for the Gentiles or the non-Israelites, all nations who are non-Israelites, to be grafted in. Then, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. So this is important to think about. I'm going to read it again. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening, in part, until the full number of Gentiles has come in, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. So, it's this is the another uh, place where we're seeing that God is giving us time. He has a certain time period that He has. Determined himself, his appointed time. And until his appointed time arrives, all the non-Israelites have the opportunity to be grafted into the olive tree to become a part of Israel. Because what is going to happen when Jesus returns he, and he begins to rule for a thousand years the city of Jerusalem is going to be where Jesus reigns from. And there's a little bit of question, I guess, about whether, um, I'll just say what I believe, and I'm not quite certain, but I believe during the millennium, it's still this earth, but it's restored. And then I believe after the millennium, this earth has gone away because a New heaven and new earth come from the heavenly realms, from something God has created that hasn't been broken. But in the meantime, in this thousand year reign, everything's going to be restored. And that will be the point where there will be, you know, everyone. I don't know, at that point, we still won't all become. Israelites because I know there are different nations that do rise up at the end of the millennium that will fight against Jesus, against God, and be defeated. So it's probably not until the city of Jerusalem comes down, the heavenly city of Jerusalem comes down. And in that heavenly city of Jerusalem, it's very different. It's way larger than the city of Jerusalem. Uh, when you get into the book of Revelation, I believe it is, that gives you dimensions. And it's way larger than what the current city of Jerusalem is, but that's the final one, the final city, and that's where they talk about like, streets of gold and these semi-precious stones that are the foundations of structures, and that there's this um, river flowing and well, actually, no, that's in the millennium because it says there's a river flowing out of the temple. And then there are trees on both sides that are for the healing. And I think that's this transitionary period where there will be this amazing, peaceful time on earth. And it talks about, you know, a toddler playing with a cobra and a lion laying down by the lamb. There's not going to be this predatory uh, existence that we've scene that we know from today. But when Jesus comes and returns, it's going to be this amazing, peaceful time. And there will be another temple because it's definitely described in Ezekiel um, in the latter chapters. So there's going to be another temple that will be built. And that'll be in the, um during the millennium, I believe. And uh, there's it's going to be a very interesting time because there will also be mortal people and immortal people at the same time, and just it's it's very fascinating when you read all that. But getting back to it, um, God is he's giving us some time to bring all of the Gentiles, all of the non-Israelites into time for our, us to be grafted in and. I don't know if it's going to be the way, you know, God gave everybody free will and he has appointed times for things. So I'm guessing that maybe God will just say, okay, time's up. Who's ever, you know, in Christ at that point, you're part of Israel. Whoever's not, you're on the outside, you didn't get in in time, I mean, because there is evidence of that. When Jesus talks about it, and he told the parable of the virgins who had prepared themselves and they had their lamps, and one of them kind of, they all got sleepy, but then one of them had oil in the, not one of them, but five of them had oil in their lamps, and the other five didn't. So they were asking, can we have some of yours? And the and the other that had it said no, because it might not be enough for our lamps, so Go, you know, get your own. So they went off to get their own. They weren't prepared yet. They went off to get prepared. But the time that they went off to get prepared, Jesus returned. The, The bridegroom returned. And so the virgins who were there who were prepared went with him. And then the doors were closed. And then in the meantime, the ones who went to go get the oil, they went to finally get prepared, you know, because they waited around and they didn't do it right away. So then they go back and they're trying to get in and they're knocking and it was too late for them. And that's the way we have to know. Jesus is the one who told this parable. So we have to realize that that's going to be reality. And if we are considering faith right now, believing, learning more, seek God right now, because it certainly feels like we are in the end days right now. And we don't know what God's timing is. As soon as God says this is he can do he can change something in an instant. And as soon as he decides this is when it's going to happen. There's no changing that. God is God we don't we don't get to say oh we need i need a little bit more time you know can't you I, you know whatever make some excuse no god you know god's putting this out in front of us he's giving us time he's giving mankind thousands of years and we look after all these generations and it's we're in a race against time right now and for ourselves like whoever is going to truly turn to god and prepare themselves For the return of Jesus. And that's really where we are right now. So I'm going to get back to scripture. So um, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far, as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, now have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. I'm going to read that. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. O the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen.